Howdy, my friends and foes. It's the Titan of Tennessee, Wolf the Dog. And I am coming at you live from Groversville? Now, how the fuck did I end up here? Wolf, damn it. I guess I'll still do my best to give y'all a wonderful show here at 694.2 PTBP. This barn smells like shit, but not that good kind of stank. That bad stank. Something weird is going on around here. Anyway, this week's Howlin' with Wolf is from at NecroWang on Twitter, who tweeted about the show and tagged at Pretending Pod, which is a rad thing to do regardless of if you have a NecroWang, a BioWang, or any sort of Wang in between. They write, Hello, Wolf the Dog. How are you today? It's a true honor for you to read my words on your show. May I take this moment to speak with you, O oh magnificent beast of the festering heap about the king in yellow and his most radiant church. Our king has feelings, Wolf. He's happy when we're happy and sad when we're suffering. He wants us to talk to him through prayer and through plays, and he wants to talk back and stand before us. So, my sewer-surfing and delightfully grimy friend, may I invite you to our King's Gala? Yours truly, servant of our King in Yellow, Laird Christopher, at NecroWang on Twitter. Well, Lord Christopher, servant of the King in Yellow, I'm sorry to say that my heart and soul already belong to another. They provide warmth when I'm clammy. They provide the densest of creams. They devour those who would speak ill of them. And they got a real cool radio show. It's me. I'm my own god. Suck it, King in Yellow. It's wolf and grease for me, baby. And hey, guess what? If you want to write up something for your Tennessean wolf to howl, it's real simple. Just tag at Pretending Pod on Twitter or Instagram. It's as easy as that. Or you can write up a, a five-star review on Apple Podcast and send a screenshot to pretendingpod at gmail.com. Easy, pleasy. Or you can tag us on uh, Facebook, I guess, if you have to. And if you got sloppy wet mitts like me and you hate trying to type handles on the internet, release those worries, babies. I put links to every single succulent smidgen of our saucy socials in the super secret show notes. Bet you can't find them. Bet you can't click on them. Ahem. Miriam Webster defines a segue as a transition made without pause or interruption. And don't mind if I do, because it's time for the news. Last week here at 694.2 PTBP, we released our second of two season one wrap-up episodes, wherein we finished answering every single question sent in by you, our lewd and lovely listeners. But this week is going to be the start of something new and horrible. I am pleased to announce the coming of a guest handler. After all, guests should be taken care of, especially when they are named David Winters. 
And Wolf does not simply introduce a new friend without also introducing a brand spankin' new tune. So swallow your spit and prepare for something scary. This one is Brat Pitt with Miss Mary. everybody it's zach i am here with pretending to be people we are starting a new one shot we are playing a scenario of a little game called delta green and we are here with a guest handler that's right we are here with a guest handler he is the rules lawyer on the glass cannon networks androids and aliens a starfinder podcast he is the Dungeon Master of New Game Who Dis Dungeon Crawl Classics on the Glass Cannon Network. He is David Winters. Hello, David. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. We're really looking forward to having you here. We are really excited because for the first time in our podcast history, we will be playing Delta Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Funny how that happens, finally. We're going to see if we like it. (laughs) Yeah, we thought we'd try it out. (laughs) So it's up to you to convince us (laughs) to to enjoy this game. (laughs) That's not too much on your shoulders there, is it, David? No, not at all. But like I said pre-show, don't plan on there being much rules lowering from uh, my direction, at least, because uh, I don't know the rules either. So we're all just going (laughs) to... Perfect. Well, I think we're just going to make this up as we go to at least one or two episodes of our show before this. So, you know what you're walking into more than one or two episodes. You know, I've made it kind of past the point of no return on your show. (laughs) And in fact, uh, your show is actually the only actual play show outside of the GCN shows that I listen to. Oh, yeah, this. Yeah, this. This was a great connection. And so when you pinged me and you're like, hey, we should do this. I was like, hell yeah. Because for the most part, when people ping me, I say, hell no. <laughs> so I'm very, very happy to be here. We're glad you're here. Yeah, this is this is exciting. For those of you who are listening who don't know who we are, if you, if you came for David Winters... We're just going to let that one slide. Okay. And then uh, you don't know who we are. And I'm Zach. Uh, I am uh, the normal handler of pretending to be people. And I am here with three of my best friends in the whole world who I get to spend time with role playing. Yay. I'm Joe. (laughs) There it is. Yeah. I'm I'm Luke. I'm like the serious one. Yep. (laughs) The rules kind of pushing everybody through. Yeah. Good things. Get that plot Flowing, moving. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Thomas. I'm the dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> We've all found our niche. David, do you want to tell us what scenario we're playing? No. Okay, sounds good. And so we are playing yeah. a Delta Green scenario <laughs> <laughs> that you'll find out what it is later. <laughs> 
No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. But you, you guys can't go researching this in between shows. Research. So that's. Yeah, you well, do sorry. Not. That's You're right. Really only a risk for like, yeah, <laughs> one of us maybe. <laughs> Reading. That's fair. That's a very, very fair point. I guess maybe I'm giving a little bit too much credit. Uh, but <laughs> Zach and I actually went through several iterations of possible scenarios until we finally found one that he was not familiar with in at least some capacity. And at least according to him, uh, the rest of you all, you know, he said you, you can just run whatever. They don't really research. If Zach doesn't know it there is no way that i know it <laughs> exactly he was very demeaning uh when it came to uh, describing your level of familiarity with delta green scenarios but that's neither here nor there speaking truth with love well i mean you dove you dove so into delta green uh when we first started you read all these scenarios and you're like i'm not gonna run any of them i'm immediately gonna start writing my own cool shit yep and so you ran us through that at home for a couple of years and then we started recording that but yeah, you basically, like, we never wanted to spoil the surprise. Which was rad. We're all in in it for the surprise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally. And you wrote a great, like, 40-episode uh, story. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I wrote a great 40-episode yeah, story. great 40-episode story that for lasted season 113 one. <laughs> episodes. <laughs> And so if you haven't checked us out, you can go back. We have a 113 episode long season one that tells one continuous story of a small town called Contention. And then we also have one other short little game, a little bonus in which we play Call of Cthulhu's Bleak Prospect. And we actually had the author run that game for us. So Scott Dorward, the guy who wrote Bleak Prospect, came on and ran us through Bleak Prospect, which was an excellent time, which also tied into Glass Cannon because uh, they ended up running Bleak Prospect as well on New Game Who Dis. So it was really fun hearing another group play through a scenario in a completely different way. They, they played it way different than we played yeah. it. <laughs> oh, did Scott run you through that one? Oh, no. They had their DM, their GM, Troy. I'm totally kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm being catty. Oh, oh, did you? Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Call of Cthulhu, though, getting back to your original question, what we're going to be running through is actually from the original source book that Ooh, came out in the mid-90s. Oh, nice. Before Delta Green was even a system, you know, the original source book to basically modernize Call of Cthulhu. And this came out in the mid-90s, I think. So this scenario actually takes place even before that. We're in like the early 90s. Uh, and the scenario is called Convergence. And it takes place uh, in a little town in Tennessee. But the great thing about this, though... Shit, we actually all read that one. Yeah, we're very familiar with this. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oops. Convergence, contention. It's basically yeah. a one-to-one ripoff. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a tenophile, so anything related to the state... <laughs> This is part of being professionals, though, is really just uh, walling that off and, and playing it fresh. And I know I know you're capable of it. But uh, no, I was going to say, um, Shane Ivey actually was really generous in this case because they just ran their Kickstarter for, you know, the next dozen Delta Green books that are coming out. This is being reprinted in one of those early books. This is one of the lowest stretch goals. It was like their $70,000 stretch goal. Yeah. And he was nice enough to send over the draft of the Ooh. new version of it this week. Cool. Very cool. You hear that, listeners? Yeah, that's what we're rolling with today. So I dig it. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Do it. I think we shall. Yeah, we actually have to play a game. It's just not 
an hour of banter uh, per episode. <laughs> I think that we're all much more comfortable once we start playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> It, it works the opposite of a yes. lot of our GCN shows where we don't want to play the game. <laughs> we do right. everything we can to actively avoid it. We're really stressed out just talking to each other. And we're like, can I please be someone else? <laughs> yeah, I want to hide in my character for a while. Thanks <laughs> to be a person. That's the name of the show. Nailed it. I guess let me set the scene then. Okie dokie. Oh, please. Yeah. I already told you basically the time frame. We're talking the early 1990s. That's when I was born. Me in too. the early 1990s? Yeah. Me and Luke were both born in the early 1990s. Great. There'll be all sorts of cultural and technological stuff <laughs> that you have absolutely no frame of reference for for this scenario, which will be fantastic. Perfect. Joe and I were born in 89, so we'll be all over it. <laughs> yeah. We'll shepherd you guys through this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll follow your lead. You got a couple old heads with you, so... It'll be fun. Let's imagine the scene initially. It is a nondescript office building, a low-rise, kind of in the outskirts of a modestly-sized southern city. And I already kind of said which state. We're talking Tennessee. Uh, Zoom in to the building, and there's a long conference room, presumably the largest conference room in the building. It looks as almost if two walls had been knocked down and two conference rooms are joined together. There's a comedically long table in the middle of this conference room with about three dozen spinning office chairs. You know, those kind of chairs that try to be comfy and soft are made out of that like shitty fake leather. And the table is that weird wood that doesn't quite look like wood. And the walls, that old fashioned wooden paneling, the colors match a little bit too much. It's, if anything, a bit unsettling to you. At one far end of the room, there's a large crest it's an FBI logo. Now, the other end of the room is a pulled down projector screen and one of those uh, overhead projectors, which will be our first technological reference for those of you who. Um, so, you put a transparency on those and it, okay. and yes, it shines a light upward and out toward the wall so you can blow up images and show them to a room. And this, and this real hot air blows out of it and it makes this like strange but comforting smell and you get real sleepy it's, i have a nice. memory from when i was like in the womb of one of those mm -hmm. being around me yeah. my dad was a youth minister when i was growing up and he would use them to put on song lyrics for people to sing along for the worship times and he would do such parody covers of popular songs as eight days a week Ooh, i need your love god eight days a week <laughs> pretty nice. good stuff wow Hey, God. <laughs> You'll find it's like peeling an onion with absolutely all of us. <laughs> Just a couple Shreks. And all it took was a reference to an overhead projector, and, and we got And we got completely derailed. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. The initial scene setting is over. Uh, oh, no, just one kidding. last thing about the overhead projector. If you looked, if you looked right in the like the bulb, you were fucked. Oh yeah. This is an oversized one because this is a very large screen it's projecting to. It's so big that that bulb is still on from the previous meeting, and you can feel the heat radiating across the room. It's almost like a space heater. It's so hot. It's mid September, middle of the afternoon. You see beams of light slipping in from the outside through those slightly ajar, hanging, kind of floppy curtains that you open and close with the chain. It's an old building. You see little specks of dust in the air as you just trail off, staring at the specks of dust, almost in a trance. And then suddenly you remember, you're not the only one in this room. You look around, and there's four people seated around the comedically large conference room table. And it's the four of you. Tell me what you see. Tell me who you are. This is the opportune time for character introductions. 
So uh, let's see. Who should I cold call on first? Luke, you're not paying attention. <laughs> I saw you looking. I, was I looking saw you my, looking away from me. I was looking at my character sheet, hoping that you wouldn't ah, call okay. on me. <laughs> yep, sorry. I'm calling on you first. Luke, what do people see in front of them? Tanner, Tan, Daniel, Dan, Ludhide. Um, <laughs> a 38-year-old man, kind of thinning hair, small sunglasses, not quite Matrix style, but like Walmart Matrix sunglasses. He has uh, some like tribal tattoos on his arm. Doesn't really look like the kind of guy that would get tattoos, but one arm is just covered in them. In the early 90s, that's still really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very unique. Like, yeah. yeah, he's just sitting there kind of looking around. Pretty nervous, actually. He has only really been around this just a small amount and he's not sure what to expect. Hi. Joe, you go. Harlan uh, Nash is sitting there next to you. Um, he's got curly black hair. He's got a, a an eye that's kind of has a mind of its own. It's 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 sort of lazy, but it's also kind of there. It, it, it can look at you, but it's it's sometimes just looking past you a little bit. And uh, he's, uh, he's wearing a black polo that's tucked into uh, some cargo pants. Uh, lots of pockets. He looks kind of like he was lost in his own world, and he hears you say "Hey," and he kind of turns back to you. Oh, um, hello there. I guess we're going to be working together. I guess so. Okay. Who are you? Go for it, Zach. Tanner turns to a 63-year-old woman who wears every single year in the wrinkles on her face. She has white hair, and it's short cropped. It's in like a flat top on top of her head, very shaved close on the sides, very, very flat on top. She's wearing a sleeveless blouse. She has tattoos all over her arms, and the tattoos are the chemical compounds of different substances, and she also has just like a skull smoking a joint, and there's a coffee pot on her forearm, and she's just got bunch of different stuff. She's got a uh, tattoo on the back of her neck that just says crystal. She's a very intense looking person. She's wearing platform Doc Martens and that makes her probably like 5'11 in those platform boots there. Uh, She's got a purse that's doubling as a backpack around her and as we zoom in on her eyes we see that they turn back time and she's quite a bit younger and then we zoom out and we see a team of people and she's wearing a helmet. She's got dog tags around her neck. She has an assault rifle in her hand. It's got a holographic sight. It has targeting lasers and sound suppressors. She has six spare magazines and a chest rig, a medium pistol and a holster, two spare magazines and a chest rig, two frag hand grenades, two smoke grenades, two flashbang stun grenades, a combat knife, flexible cuffs around this tactical body armor. She's wearing a Kevlar helmet. And she is ready to go, and you see her as she just screams, Get down! Get down! Get down! And then we zoom back out, and she's just this old woman in an extremely clean studio apartment. Looking around the apartment, there's a children's drawing that's on the fridge. There's a playpen that's pushed neatly into the corner, and the toys have all been collected and put away. And Cindy... Cindy Woodabega sits down 
on the toilet and takes a shit and she pulls out her phone and she Googles her own name, Cindy Wudabega. And all of these Google results come up of the trial. So this is in the future? Yeah, this is a great way to sh- ensure your character survives. But including a moment where she's shitting with a smartphone 25 to 30 years after the this setting is, of our current campaign. No, she is 63 years old in the room. So she's reading a newspaper article while she shits. Oh, right. Yeah, she's got a big newspaper in front of her while she's taking a shit. <laughs> Sorry, ah, uh. and so she's uh, she's holding this newspaper up, and she, her eyes, you know, narrow as she reads this article about Cindy Wudabega, and she was on trial for murder. She was on trial for murdering her husband. The case was thrown out due to some mishandling of evidence, and uh, she uh, finishes up, wipes, and puts the newspaper away, and heads off to this meeting. And some fingers kind of snap in front of her eyes, and her her partner, Jodine, DEA. You're going to have to excuse uh, my partner, uh, Agent Rutabaga. Rutabaga. Sometimes, you know, her eyes, uh, they, they seem to turn back time. She gets a little <laughs> lost in her memories. I assure you she's, she's a very effective field agent, one of the best we have. I've worked with her uh, for, for quite a while now. So, Jodine is, is dressed a lot like Harlan Nash, except he's in a white polo with cargo pants. And he even says, like, I, uh, I, I like your polo. Very professional. Mm, well, thank, 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 thank you. He's 39, but he looks about 45 grain everywhere. It looks like he's recently lost a lot of hair in the last seven or eight months. And he's about 5'5", five five, so you can't really tell when they're sitting at the table, but if, if they sat up, Cindy Wudabega would just tower over him. He, he says, again, I, I, I do want to apologize for, you know, my partner. She, she Sometimes she just goes, you know, it's, it's the analytical investigative mind that, that makes her such an effective crime fighter. And you kind of just got to roll with these these unorthodox methods. What's happening now is that her uh, she's look well. Don't look too hard, but look into her eyes. Hey, um, hey, uh, when uh, how many of these have you guys been on? Uh, this is my my first. Uh, um, this is my first in an official capacity. It's uh, I've I've, I've been exposed. Me too. <sighs> What's that mean? Which one? Uh, that one, and it's like some chemical compound. It's morphine. That's interesting. This one is Japanese for uh, perseverance. If you knew Japanese, you would know that it's actually a Chinese symbol that says <laughs> crab. <laughs> Which roughly translates. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play the, the Cindy scenario, actually. Is that okay? Can yeah. we go back to yeah. the flashback? <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. Are you fully prepped there, Zach? Oh, can yeah. you run that? I can... I can roll up a quick character. It did sound can... like he had enough equipment for the rest of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was on D- the DEA's FAST team, which is the Foreign Deployed Advisory Support Team, which was paramilitary units in far-flung areas of the world where narcotics are grown and processed. But that was a long time ago, and now she is just a desk jockey with Joe Dean here. But they got pulled into Delta Green about what six months ago yeah i imagine like pretty soon after also if if you're new to to us can you tell which one new listeners is the dm <laughs> <laughs> it's <Luke>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
All right, so you're all there now. You're in the room. You snapped out of your dust-fueled sunlight trance. This conversation happened. The two of you that know each other, great. Uh, You've also met the two new folks that are here as well. Behind your chairs, uh, you all have bags. You just flew in this morning. This is the uh, FBI field office in Memphis, Tennessee. And you were summoned here by an FBI agent, James Derringer. You checked Fucking in. Cool name. This is again all pre 9 11, right? So uh, security pretty lax. You showed up, you flashed some random ID, they give you a visitor badge, and you were just strolling around an FBI field office. And you went to this room, but you've been waiting for a while and waiting and waiting and waiting. And eventually, what seems like could have been over an hour of waiting for this guy, he finally busts into the room in a hurry. Uh, you see this man, relatively tall lean and with very deep set eyes and as he walks in there's just a grimace on his face it's just this almost persistent um i guess resting bitch face kind of thing going on with him what's the early 90s turn for resting bitch face yeah that's the problem i mean we can't refer to pumpkin spice he's not sipping a pumpkin spice latte wearing uggs or anything else i mean they're he looks like a sour puss he looks like a sour puss and he busts in and he's oh Agents, uh, thanks for finally making it. Um, I've got something that I, I, I need to keep off the uh, FBI say, radar for a bit, and I uh, think your unique backgrounds probably can help. Uh, before I get too much into it, let me just show you. So he rolls over uh, TV on a cart, like one of those big CRT, like 30-inch TVs that probably weighs 80 pounds back then. You know, cart with a strap over the top, yeah. kind of wheels that over. There's a VCR. Agent Dean immediately runs over to like help him plug in cables. Oh, I always get the the yellow video mixed up channel with three, the channel white three. audio. Yeah. Oh yeah. That- Cindy looks over at Tanner and is like, oh, "Are we gonna watch some Magic School Bus? You think?" <laughs> I, I don't think we will be. Do you think so? I'll tell you what. This this isn't some Magic School Bus. Hits play. Security footage starts playing at a a gas station, it looks like. It's uh, just one of those overhead cameras kind of angled at the cashier. And cashier's just there, kind of standing, chilling, organizing some stuff. And a young man approaches the counter looking agitated. He says something to the cashier. The cashier says something back. You can't hear anything because uh, there's no audio. This is crappy, low resolution, you know, constantly looping security footage. But he says something... And then the cashier just stares at him very blankly, like not quite understanding what he's saying. Then you see the young man wind up with his fist, just like a normal punch, going to punch this guy in the head. He makes contact, but you can see from the impact, the guy's head almost deflates. His skull instantly shatters. And as the punch continues to connect, the head gets knocked cleanly off the body. Holy shit. So... Skull crushed, head pops off, head hits the back wall, flops down. The body's kind of there, stumbling a bit, blood squirting out of the stump, if you will, that uh, is his neck. And then the body just falls and collapses. The young man steps back with a look of shock and then steps forward, hits some keys on the cash register, pulls out all the cash he can, runs off screen. Then you see him come back into frame, basically as he's walking out of the gas station with a bunch of pill bottles. Money in one hand, pill bottles in his arms, and then rushes off camera, 
presumably leaving the scene. And that's actually going to give us our first roll of the evening. Roll me some sanity for that madness you just saw. That was intense. Fail. Fail. Pass. 39 on a 40, but Jodine still definitely vomits on the conference room floor. (laughs) Uh, Harlan fails. That's an 82 on a 50. All right. If you pass, it's a zero, but all you failures, one point of sanity damage. So you see this. uh, The tape ends. Agent Derringer sees the vomit on the table. It's like, ah, rookie. I guess we all got to start somewhere, but... uh, we got pulled into this. He held up six gas stations and drugstores in the last two weeks. First here in Tennessee, then he crossed state lines, bringing us into it, into Alabama, then Georgia. We eventually got him, took some bullets, but we managed to get him, and we have him here. He's downstairs in holding. He's, a, he's alive. He's alive. He took four MP5 bullets, oh. and that slowed him down just enough for us to restrain him. Center mass, or? Uh, yes, four center mass bullets. We got him. Uh, we got agents downstairs watching him. Let me warn you, first and foremost, not everyone here is your friend. Those agents down there in the room with them, they're not part of this. So be careful what you say in front of them. Two, the reason you're here, this is a drug investigation. The cover story is this kid went on a crime spree because something went south with some drug dealers he was dealing with. He needed to score meds, you know, some money to pay him back. I don't think that's the case. But that's how we can get, you know, you DEA agents, a marshal, you know, someone who's good at uh, tracking and investigating, ATF agent as well. But the whole point is, you're keeping this off the FBI's radar. You've got about a week. Be careful calling me here. If I have anything for you, I will send you a courier. I'll send someone out to you with any message. But we're going to need a password, a secret phrase, if you will. Any suggestions? Bubblegum Bubble tree. tree? Bubblegum oh, wow, tree it weird. is. Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> ESPN. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just got that. I don't miss much college football anymore. I'll brief you more once we get down there, if you want to check this guy out. Do you have any questions for me now, though, before we go in front of those guards and stuff? Harlan raises his hand. Has anybody seen this footage other than you and us? No. So the agents downstairs, they don't know about the strength that this man might possess? Oh, no, they, they, they know he's dangerous. In fact, the three agents downstairs were part of who uh, apprehended him. It was basically a roadblock in Georgia when we finally stopped him. He'd stolen a car. We managed to spike strip the car down, got him out of the car. Several FBI agents plus a state trooper shot at him. That's when they finally got him. But before they even got those four bullets into him, he got to a trooper grabbed his uh, shotgun and was able to basically uh, bend it in half. So these oh. guys have seen his strength. Bugs Bunny Elmer Fudded is his shotgun. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. They know if he gets out of his restraints, they're in trouble. Uh, well, we can they say have orders. Well, sorry. There's a, a little no, delay. Say- <laughs> <laughs> Could you both sit down for a second? Yeah, sorry. You're getting I, very I just, hyped. I can't stop uh, fiddling with this cables. Uh how many heads did he uh, pop off? It all started with his dad, actually. He went missing, gone from home for about two days. This was eight days ago. Boy went missing. Showed back up two days later. No clue where he was. He was in a lot of pain. Parents put him to bed. A couple hours later, his dad heard his crying, went to check on him, touched him on the shoulder, asked him if he was okay. Boy turns around, punches him right through the chest blows a hole about a foot wide 
right through the center of his chest. Dies instantly. Kid hops up, runs out of the house. That's when the crime spree started. How, how old is the suspect? 18. What's his name? His name's Billy Ray Spivy. Just graduated from high school. Recently applied for a job at the local Saturn Auto plant about an hour south of uh, his town. Child of Rich and Angel Spivy. Has anybody tested him for drugs? PZP? We're running tests. Who's going to have access to those blood results? Just me to start. Let's probably keep it that way for a minute. Yeah. To answer your other question, no drugs. Huh. No drugs in his system. Outside of the stuff he'd been stealing. He'd been stealing pain meds at a lot of these pharmacies. Was he taking them or trying to sell them? Taking them. A lot of them. Did he have a previous criminal record? No record at all. No record at all. That's why it doesn't make much sense. Town he's from, Groversville, small town, 1,200 people, itty-bitty tiny town. Not much crime there. Even this whole drug angle is going to look kind of weak there, but it's what we got to go with. A lot better than uh, people running around with superhuman strength, punching people's heads off. Generally, the public doesn't like that. Well, before I started working uh, with my new partner, I, I did a little public relations uh we've got folks pretty well terrified of of methamphetamine i think we can say this is some kind of strange super meth my partner and i are investigating especially if the 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 blood results stay between you know the three of us well and these two now we're running all sorts of tests i'll i'll show you a bit more when we get down there but uh, how do you have him restrained he is in a chair with Dozens of sets of handcuffs, various chains. Uh, He looks basically like a mummy wrapped into that chair with metal. And he's heavily sedated right now. That boy wakes up fully. He's even going to break through all those cuffs. Well, we better get to him quick then. You want to check him out? Let's go look at him. Y'all bust out of the conference room. He takes you to an elevator. You're on like the second or third floor now. You go down, ground floor, basement, and then the sub-basement of this building. That's like the secure, secure part of the building. That's where 15 years from now, where all the servers will be when they actually have real computers and stuff. (laughs) Right now, that's presumably where they keep all the weapons and uh, the terrible superhuman strength uh, murderers. (laughs) It's a good combo. Mm -hmm. He leads you into a room though, heavy steel door. You walk inside and it's exactly what he described, which is the chair, guy bolted down into it, and then three guys with assault rifles pointed directly at him. They're body armored up, a SWAT team basically, trained on this guy. And he's there, just in his chair, kind of loopy. Do any of you have uh, medicine over 20? Nope. No. No. Nope. Uh, Humant (laughs) over over 40? Yes. 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 Great. With a human over 40, it is the telltale signs of him being uh, heavily sedated. Almost half asleep, his eyes are droopy, a little bloodshot, and he's just kind of uh, rocking back and forth in the chair. Poor kid didn't know what he was getting into, thought that he uh, learned something new or got just got caught up in it and then killed his own dad. How could you say poor kid? He, Can you he fucking imagine? People. Yeah, but from his perspective, he doesn't know. What do you mean he doesn't know? He he did it. Yeah, but if he was gone missing for a while, who knows what kind of state he was in when he did all that stuff. He was in three states, actually. <laughs> and that is correct. Why'd you do it? <laughs> uh, uh, it hurts. It hurts. What hurts? 
Uh, everything. I forgot you got shot four times. That probably doesn't feel too good, does it? That's not what hurts, though, is it? No. My arms. My legs. Uh, everything hurts. Where were you? Where were uh, you when you went missing? I don't know. You fucking tell me right now. Where were you? She, like, shakes his face. Um, Joe, Joe pulls her off. I, I don't know where I was. And I came back, and it just... Everything hurts so much, and I'm so hungry. Is that why you're stealing the drugs? Because you hurt? Yes. Yes. Nothing helps. Do you know what from? Are you sick? <clears throat> I don't know. I just want the pain to stop. Harlan's going to kind of part the crowd and get real close to his face. Can you remember the last thing you remember before you don't remember? (laughs) Lights. What kind of lights? Street lights? I don't... Bright. I, I don't know. You said you didn't know where you were, but could you describe where you were? No. I woke up. In my car, going to see my girlfriend, and I don't know. What's, what's your girlfriend's name? Her name's Jane. Jane Allen. I miss her. I haven't seen her in over a week now. Uh, maybe we should get Jane on the phone and, and see what she knows. We actually we have had Jane on the phone. She misses you, and she wants to talk to you, but we can't really let that happen unless, unless you really uh, fully answer all our questions. I don't know what to answer. I just want the... Okay, well, did anything strange or out of the ordinary happen in the week leading up to you disappearing? I don't think so. You don't remember anything out of the ordinary? No, I applied for a job. At the Saturn plant? Yeah, the Saturn. I just wanted to build cars like my daddy. Where did your daddy build cars? At the Saturn plant. (laughs) (laughs) Just like your daddy, all right. Just like my daddy. So you went there and applied in person? Yes. Which is, of course, the only way to do it right now. <laughs> Correct. And Correct. Where, and where's he now? Oh. oh, oh. oh Your dad. Oh. <clears throat> Your father. I, uh, uh, I don't... Uh, What'd you do? <laughs> What'd you do to your dad? Rutabaga. Agent Rutabaga. Harlan's going to put a hand on Rutabaga. Hey. That's that's uh that's not that's not necessary. Hey, sorry. I just thought it would maybe I was like punch something out of him. Yeah, but he he killed his dad. I don't feel sorry for this guy. You don't have to feel sorry. Sidebar, y'all. <laughs> quick sidebar. Have you ever fucking interrogated? I'd like my colleagues to step into the hallway with me. I follow. What was your name? Uh, you can call me Tan. Tan. Yeah, Tanner. Yeah. What was your investigative background? <laughs> well. I uh, I'm in I'm in in the ATF, so. Uh, oh, is this your first week? I, in this kind of situation, I ain't never seen punching heads off or nothing. Mostly, you know, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Really. <laughs> well, I, I'm sh- I'm sure at no time in the near future will the ATF get involved in anything hairier than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a trip to Waco later. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, so y'all y- y'all know about del- de- about Yeah, yeah, well, you don't have to say it. You know about the stuff, right? The spooky stuff? I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Don't you think a kid punching a hole through his daddy's chest and then a cashier's head clean off? Is that normal to you or is that spooky? 
That's yeah, it is spooky. Yeah. So we're here to investigate the spooky shit. Mm-hmm. Figure out why it's happening. Keep it fucking quiet from all the the people who don't know about the spooky shit. It doesn't matter if you you sympathize with this dude for punching a hole in his daddy or not. When you're investigating a perp, you gotta you gotta use advanced psychology to make him think you're on his side, or sometimes threaten him. Okay, okay, I'll, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try a second approach. Well, yeah, Rutabaga, you need to calm down. Rutabaga, and so she takes. Is that your her speech impediment or your off. name? No, it, my name is W. Okay, Rutabaga. <laughs> Uh, she takes off her backpack, which is like a purse that she has a bunch of random stuff in. Uh, she grabs a cardigan out of it and some cheaters. She throws the cardigan on over her blouse, covering up all of her tattoos, and throws on these little uh, gas station glasses with a long chain call on them, them. Cheaters? Yeah, cheaters. Yeah, like they're reader just glasses. Reading glasses. glasses. Yeah, but they're not like. They're not real glasses. They're not prescription. They're just cheaters. And so she she puts reading on this glasses. this get up with her reading glasses, not cheaters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and her cardigan. She uh, is gonna head back into the room with a much different demeanor. Well, hello there, Sonny. I just wanted to talk to you, Billy Ray, for just a moment. I, I hold the others briefly back at the door. I'm like, as crazy as this seems, I've seen it work. It like, especially with a sedated boy like this, he's probably not going to know it's the same, same lady. <laughs> this is the real magic of this this wild card. Billy Ray, Gra- Grandma. Yeah, that's right. Is that you? That's right. It's good to see you again, boy. But you're dead. <laughs> Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I'm here to help you figure out what happened. Okay. Okay? So let's close your eyes nice and tight. And she pinches both of his cheeks lovingly, just like very soft, in a comfortable way. This isn't weird. And she says, now close your eyes and think real hard like. Good. Good. And she just wants to get him like in a relaxed state in order to hopefully just gain one more pertinent piece of information here. Sure. I like that. Give me give me a persuade roll with that. Okay. 35 on a 60. All right, great. Ah. The lights everywhere. They cut me. All over my body. Tiny little cuts everywhere. My legs. My arms. Everywhere where it hurts. Cuts. Does he have any like visible cuts that we can see? Give me a search roll. Past 10 on a f- 50. Yeah, 42 on a 70. 22 on a 50. Ooh. 22? Crit success. Yeah. Hell yeah. Great. So, <laughs> so the, the whole time that that, that that he was talking, she was like turning back toward them and slowly like giving them the come here with her hand. So they all like creep into the room behind her <laughs> as stalking. he's yeah, as he's like talking with his <laughs> eyes closed. <laughs> and you're yeah, you're just like looking at his wrists and his ankles and everything. He's wearing uh, a pair of uh, jean cutoff shorts old beat up Chuck Taylors and a even more beat up Metallica t-shirt. 
But yeah, you look red. closely, especially Joe Dean with that crit success. Uh, you see the tiniest of incisions. They look almost like a relatively large needle poke that has been kind of healed over, almost laser-like, randomly spaced out all along his arms, all along his legs. Basically, when you look very, very, very closely, they look almost like hair follicles, mm. but bigger. Initially, they didn't see him on their inspection. Can we pull back his collar on his shirt to see if they're on his neck and back? His pussy and his crack. (laughs) (laughs) Does he have tiny cuts on his pussy, David? The answer is yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, all over him. Basically, anywhere there's musculature on his body, there seems to be these random pricks. They're a little more concentrated in areas of heavy muscle, like around his, you know, calves and thighs, biceps, and then a little less so in other areas, like his hands, but uh, it's all still there. Harlan is still kind of toward the back of the room, and he wants to grab um, James Derringer and just pull him into the hallway real yep. quick. Has, uh, has anyone x-rayed this boy? He looks around to make sure no one's listening, because you still are in the hallway of an FBI building and wants to make sure no one is around. It's like, yeah, we're going to run those tests too. We took tissue samples, though. We did notice some of these uh, these uh, operating sites. We took tissue samples. They've already been sent to a lab. I'll make sure to get the results. I will send someone with the results once I have them. But it, it could be a couple of days. And when you initially took these samples, was the um, the rate of healing consistent with an eight-day period? There's something odd about the boy's muscle. We're not sure what it is, but... As far as we can tell from the tests we've done, his skeleton's been unchanged. It's only his muscle. We think the superhuman strength, if he were to say, try to pick up a car, he probably could, but then his bones would snap under the weight. So we think that's the limits of this boy's ability. That's all we know now, though. We're going to wait for the tests. Needless to say, we want to be in the know as soon as those results come in. Of course. You're my eyes and ears on the ground. Joe Dean steps out in the hallway too, and I guess we'll say you catch him up quickly on that. Anyway, he says, "Is there a, is there a friendly doctor in town? Is there someone you could get into this sub basement who could be trusted that could uh, run some more expedited, perhaps radical tests?" Not going to be any faster. I have a friendly doctor on the case, though. Okay. I'm not even leaving it to chance of some Miranda running these tests. That's part of why it's going to take a little longer is I want fewer eyes on this. Well, how, how would you feel if we, you know, went in there with some tweezers and a magnifying glass and just dug around one of those injection sites and saw what we could see? See if we couldn't pull anything out? Boy's dangerous, but if you want to, you can go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still in there rubbing his cheeks. So it's a- <laughs> Tan has wandered out into the hallway too. Also quickly gets caught up. Tan, here's the rundown. <laughs> oh, thanks. Have we given it, him any painkillers? Like try to put him at ease. Oh, yeah. Is he he's on he's oh, on yeah. him right now. He's been he's been robbing and, and and popping pain pills this whole way and they ain't helping him. Well I guess it can't hurt too bad to dig around in there then. This boy is on enough morphine right now to kill most people i don't know that uh digging around is necessary we've already they've taken tissue samples i assume you would have said if you found something in those samples 
correct? They've taken tissue samples and they're going to get all the results in a couple days, right? But we could just see with our own eyes. I want to see what's in one of them holes. I mean, they would have told us if there was something in a hole, wouldn't they have? There's only one way to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I assume it takes a complicated series of phone calls and faxes, perhaps even hand-sent letters to... So what are you going to do then? (laughs) Are you saying the phone calls and hand sent letters for consent to operate on him in the basement or? or? Oh, no, 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 none of that. I, I just meant. Oh, okay. okay. So, I, yeah. To, uh, so Joe's question is, they've already taken a tissue sample. Did they find anything in those sites? So we don't know yet. But we're not going to know that for a while, right? It's muscle tissue. It looks largely similar to normal muscle tissue. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're not going to know for a couple of days. Your, your plan is to use it. A- Tweezer or magnifying glass. I'm just asking how that would, they would have seen as much of that as you would in this moment, right? That's a question for him. Does, is that information included in that report that you have so far? Yes. There's probably nothing more you can learn. However, if you want to dig around in the wounds of an incredibly dangerous uh, <laughs> uh, multi-state killer. Yeah, it's on the table. We could go digging. It's your it's your funeral, as they say. <laughs> Maybe there's a gooey duck in there. <laughs> that would be an odd place for a gooey duck. <laughs> you know, you, sometimes you get the genius of the the grandma routine, and sometimes it's just shit like that. Sometimes that's, that's why I'm going it's great. So random. <laughs> I think I, I've got you up to speed here. The only other thing you need to know: he's not the only one that's reported going missing in Groversville. That's pertinent information. There's been a series of similar disappearances. How well, How many is a series? It's mostly anecdotal, but we've heard from him in his delirium about this happening to some of his friends and stuff. It's strange. It's a weird town, to be honest. Small town, 1,200 people. It's the butt end of a lot of UFO conspiracy jokes. You know, shows up in the tabloids. Weird place. And what is the name of that town again? Groversville. Groversville. The UFO conspiracy stuff. What? What is that? What does that date back to? No, it's been going on for years. You know, it's just random crackpot stories, moronic ideas. Places just the butt end of regional and even national news headlines. You like that term, butt end. <laughs> butt end. <laughs> Did he give any names of people he knows that got disappeared too? Nah, I don't know. He's worried about his girlfriend. Yeah, do we have Jane Allen's contact information? Yeah, we can we can get that for you. Do you have some sort of portable telephone device or, or a telephone that I can call Jane on? I wish we had the government funding for those Satellite glorious phones. devices. Well, the, yeah. the DEA car, we came down in here and... It does have it does have a car phone. <laughs> <gasps> wow, you, you you got one of those new ones. Well, there was definitely some some uh, you know some pork, some graft, you know, in our budget this year. So we yeah we got some some nice new cars. You don't need to borrow a car from me. No, we got a cool DEA car. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's got a mounted machine gun on top. It can fly. <laughs> Mostly just the car phone, but. It shoots lasers. Well, I had requisitioned a 1992 white Ford Bronco, if you were interested. It's really... Wow, I bet that baby could really move. Maybe we can take both. Yeah, let's take both. 
Maybe one could chase the other on the highway and see. <laughs> we, we go there in the DEA car, but we leave the scene in the Bronco. Somebody's got to drive. <laughs> the DEA car can drive itself. Right. It's, <laughs> it's got the, the car phone and also it's, it's kit from that. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you want to do? So Cindy Wudabega is still just like pinching cheeks, rubbing face of this Billy Ray Spivy. And after she gets all the pertinent information that she thinks she's attained from him, her face quickly changes back to the hardened face you saw before. And she gets real close in his ear and she just whispers, your grandpappy was a What the hell? And she just looks into his eyes. She's trying to get like any pull on his uh, mental state. I'd like to look into Zach's eyes and get a pull on his mental state. Uh, much like me, uh, Billy Ray just looks really confused right now. Yeah, that adds up. Basically, I took the uh, thing in Delta Green creation where you, you have to take a disorder. And hers is that she is just like drawn to making people as uncomfortable as possible. Mm. Good disorder. Very on brand. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Do you guys think that I've done it so far? Yes. It's worked. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a crippling gambling addiction. Nice. <laughs> My character likes gambling, but it's not an addiction. I'm, I just do it all the time, and I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's a problem because I lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm going to give Jane a call, see what... Or maybe we should just... Does she live in, in Groversville? Maybe we can go just go there and talk to her. I, I agree that we should probably make way for Groversville. <laughs> make way for Groversville. What? <laughs> toot toot. You're taking the DEA car, and you're taking the white Ford Bronco? Right. We'll hop in the Bronco, and then the DEA car will meet us there. Drive itself. (laughs) (laughs) Very well. Let's just keep pushing this bit until it's a mechanic you can't take away from us. (laughs) We send the DEA car ahead of us in all scenes. (laughs) Also, the DEA car is a brilliant detective. (laughs) I didn't adjust the scenario for five PCs, so uh, I'm going to have to make some tweaks. But Uh, Yeah, I'll drive the Bronco down and follow the DEA car. I'll I'll ride with him. You might ride or drive. uh, On a scale of one to 100, (laughs) how well do you think you drive? Oh, not any any better than anyone normal. Oh, like about a 50? (laughs) Oh, not even there, probably. I don't know. What's what's standard these days? Uh, well, the way it seems to me, a lot of these crazy drivers out here are operating at no more than 20%. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they didn't specifically read their driver's manual. So, Jodine, for seven or eight months now, I've been saying, you are my ride or drive. So, I'm going to ride you drive. You want to rock, paper, scissors to see who drives? Or do you... I like driving. If you, if you want to drive, that's fine. I've, I've 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 just got the basic training. Oh yeah, I've been told I'm <laughs> slightly above average at driving. <laughs> Only a few tickets that's, here and there. I'll uh, uh I guess shotgun. Okay. <laughs> Looks around at no one. 
it's also worth reflecting upon the point that if base drive is 20, uh, just statistically, you're going to have a lot of fails and a lot of fumbles on a regular basis. So (laughs) it does explain a lot of things in real life. (laughs) When I get in the Bronco, I check in the glove compartment for uh, some driving gloves and I try to put them on, but they don't fit. Instead, you find a super advanced car computer. (laughs) Oh my. He's in the Bronco. I know. Uh, the car stereo and the Bronco, it's got pretty good lows, but how are the highs, man? How are the highs, man? <laughs> how are the... Yeah, I get it. Like, uh, Are there any like orange Heisman. juice boxes in this Bronco? <laughs> I wish I could get an orange juice box. I'd love to run away from the scene of the crime after brutally murdering my wife and this baby. Or in all of us need to calm down so we can keep going. That was so much better than your Heisman. <laughs> I don't get any of this. <laughs> I believe that to be true. I made the, I made the glove joke. Have you not I seen know. The Simpsons? Yeah. I, no, never. I'm pretty um, sure that's what it is. I was born in 93. No, uh, Zach and Luke are both 17, so they don't realize things like smartphones weren't around back then. Yeah, right. They've always been you, you mean they talk to people without video at the same time? <laughs> it's like young children today that are like, why are you putting the phone up to your ear? That doesn't make any sense. Why would someone do that? Are you stupid? You're going to block the camera. I don't want to look at you when I'm talking to you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm calling, it's because I have like a series of questions that need to be asked rapidly and right. it would take like 15 fucking minutes in text. Yeah. And you only video call when you need to finish. Exactly. <laughs> So five hours away. If I need to see your face, you'll know. <laughs> so like five hours away, this is the conversation five we're hours having away. the whole way there. No, we're in separate cars. It's five hours away. So uh, Memphis is southwest in the state. Uh, you're basically driving up through Nashville, going to kind of the uh, east side of central Tennessee. Groversville is the county seat of Grover County, Tennessee. It's largely rural, a little bit of agriculture, not a heck of a lot because there's only a 1,200 person town. However, there's a lot more here than there would be otherwise because it is the county seat. Dealing with assessments, taxes, the county courthouse is here, but really at the center of town, it's an intersection of two streets, one single blinking red light in the middle. That is the only traffic light even in town. There's not even a standard red, yellow, and green light. This town is so small. So, like I said, town hall at the center, kind of nearby, you have a small combo sheriff station, part-time ambulance and largely uh, volunteer fire department, a town library, a post office, an auto and body shop, and a pair of local banks. A little further out, more standard stuff. Grocery store, hardware store, pharmacy, a family video, a pair of churches, 24-hour diner and ice cream shop called the Mega Deuce. And then further out in town, you have pair of unbranded gas stations, a bowling alley, a Dollar General, an AutoZone, a bar called Merle's County Bunker, and then the place where you'll be staying, Merle's Shut-Eye, a 12-room motel. And someday, if they're lucky, they'll actually get fast food or a real restaurant in this town. That's Groversville in a nutshell. What was the ice cream shop there? Mega Deuce. The Mega Deuce. (laughs) I'm lactose intolerant, so that adds up perfectly. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. That's their slogan. <laughs> one mega deuce, 
One mega deuce and you'll be making a mega deuce. <laughs> that's that that's just good marketing. Yeah. <laughs> you trying to take a shit? <laughs> Come on down to the shithole. <laughs> You know, uh, in town, uh, you're given the name of the sheriff uh, before you left. Uh, his name is Dan Oakley, as in the sunglasses. You called ahead, and you have booked rooms in advance at Merle Shuddai, the motel, whenever you need it. Getting late, though, on the first day. This is, you know, probably about 7 o'clock, first night getting into town. Where do you want to go? Do we know where Jane lives? You do have her address. You can go check it out for sure. I'm so deeply sorry. I'm about to piss my pants. I've been holding it for like 30 minutes. I'll go be for it. back in like literally 20 seconds. Dude, just piss your pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's better radio though. <sighs> can we just keep talking? <sighs> You're going to yeah. cut all this or? <sighs> yeah. Okay. Go okay. Pee. I'm done. Oh, go. he did it. Oh, that's a lot. Why is it so sticky? I say uh, we get all in the same car. I was going to say we could call her, but I don't. I think maybe if we just drop in, she's probably not doing anything. There's not much to do around here. There was the possibility that she was missing, abducted by the burning operating laser lights that inflict you with super strength but endless pain. Well, hopefully uh, that's not the case. I hope so too, Tan. Vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> so do we leave the. Uh, we should leave the Bronco maybe at the, the motel. Merle Shuddai. Merle Shuddai. I'll hop in the DEA car if we want to take one. What kind of car is the DEA car? It's a nice early 90s sedan. Yep, I got it. Hold on, I got the image. Is it a Lincoln Town car? It is a <laughs> 1992 Crown Victoria LX. Nice. Nice. Yeah. She's gorgeous. Beautiful car. Gorgeous. Burgundy. Burgundy oh. 1992, Generation 1, Crown Vic. And then your 1992 Ford Bronco XLT. Very lovely. Yeah, those are your two cars. All right, you're going to take the Crown Vic. You're going to go to the Allen household, Jane Allen's house. You're not calling. You're driving there, correct? Just going, showing up. Cool. Do we want to run by the sheriff's first? Uh, that's probably not a bad idea, just to be in good graces with the locals. Be in good graces and also just... But should we even announce that we're here? Yeah. I mean, there's there's... There's definitely an advantage to the element of surprise. I don't know if it's on this uh, high school girl. She seems like probably just another victim at this point, unless she's abducting people, taking them out to the woods, operating on them with supernatural light surgery <laughs> and releasing them as pain monsters. Well, I think we have like our primary suspect, so let's go find her and kill yeah, her. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, actually, the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm talking to myself into it. So bust that door down. Uh, I mean, we could do it in character or out of character, but the I think Harlan's point to visiting Jane was because he, he went missing when he was going to her house. So if she knew anything about what he had been doing that day, but also I kind of wanted to know where the kids hang out in town. Yeah, totally. But maybe it's a mispronunciation of her last name. Jane Alien. Ooh. It's right there. <laughs> it's up to you guys. Do you want to do Sheriff first or Jane first? Well, let's go talk to Jane and then we can swing by the sheriff's office. Yeah, we can tell him it was on our way into town. Jane probably also is closest to this case. And you're right. If, if we need to hide any of the, you know, it's not called Delta Green yet, right? Or it is? It is. But it's a little more underground and cell-based and whatnot. Presumably you all are from a particular cell. The two of you? Yeah, you, you told us which cell that would probably be, lore-wise. Does somebody else want to say it out loud first? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm Agent Nan. 
obviously Cindy Wudabega's agent Nan. Yeah, and I'm I'm her partner, agent nephew. Right. Yeah. So we're an incel. In, yeah, incel, which isn't a funny word in the early '90s. Not yet. <laughs> but it's not a funny word now. It's a, it's <laughs> a dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor radical. Yeah. <laughs> May as well, like, come up on Delta Green's, like, <laughs> keywords to, like, look into. Yeah. <laughs> or they just skip that one. There's only yeah. 25 cells. They're like, what? <laughs> it's like skipping the 13th, the 13th floor on elevators and stuff. L-M-O. We got them all. <laughs> yeah, could we be T-cell for Tennessee instead of N-cell for Nashville? All right, so you drive to Jane Allen's house outside of town. It's a slightly nicer house than many of the others, about a mile outside of town. Again, it's a small town, so that only takes a couple of minutes. Uh, You roll up to a nicer two-story house, a well-manicured lawn, a couple cars in the driveway. Definitely looks a lot nicer than a lot of the other houses that you've driven by on the way out here. Nice enough to have a secret alien laboratory underneath it? Quite possibly. Hmm... What do you do? <laughs> Good knock. You tap on your microphone loudly. Yeah. <laughs> you just take, okay, so now say what you want to say. <laughs> uh, ding dong. <laughs> you are an enigma. Ah, uh, yes. Those, let's go knock on the door or ring the door. <laughs> Why not both? Yeah, I knock on the door and ring the doorbell. Okay, several times. A woman comes to the door, uh, an older, uh, middle-aged woman. Oh, why, hello there. Who, who are you? We're with a federal agency <gasps> looking into the disappearance of Billy Ray Spivy, and I believe your daughter, Jane Allen, might have been involved, and we would like to speak to her. Can she come out and play? No, uh, pl- play? I'm sorry. I... No, she, she can't. She's not here. Uh, where is she? Well, she's she's gone. She's she has she hasn't been around for a bit. When was the last time you saw her? <sighs> dear, about three weeks ago. What is your name, ma'am? My name's Nancy. Nancy Allen, <laughs> like the, the author from Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. She's she's gone. You know. You've reported this to the sheriff, of course. Well, why would I need? She's fine. But you don't know where she mm, is. My, no. She's she's come back. Does this happen often? She's done this before. Oh, no. My husband, he's always at work. He's, you know, it's just me here. I'm just taking care of it. I'm just just waiting. And this doesn't seem odd to you that she would disappear. It's not usual for her to do that. And you're relatively unconcerned about it? Uh, You can roll human. Anyone that wants to do that also. 89. Fail. Fail. Fuck, I fail also. Hold on. 78 on a 60. 39 on a 60. Ooh. Nice. Well, Jodine, she seems to be telling the truth and is pretty forthcoming and honest and doesn't actually seem to be that concerned at all. The rest of you can't get a good read. Has this ever happened before? Has she disappeared for any amount of time? No, not really. She's an independent girl. It's fine. Was she, like, on her way to... A, pl- a certain place, or did she say she was going somewhere? Any clue of what might have happened? It just, you know, it happens sometimes. People just, they go places and they come back. It's fine. Have you heard of any of her friends going missing, too? Uh, I'm, I'm, Does she live I'm here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
has she gone missing for upwards of three weeks before? She said no. For, for the third time, <laughs> for no. For the third time, no. <laughs> Nancy. I feel, well, I feel like I'm repeating myself. It's just such a weird story. Like, I feel like I'm getting something wrong why, here. Why don't you care? Yeah, I feel like you should carry more information about your daughter. I, I'm just, just very easygoing. That's all. Appa- I'm a cool mom. Oh, yeah. I'm a very cool mom. Had a cool mom. So cool. <sighs> yeah, I had to really pull myself through. Well, you know, like I had to get myself to high school and then pay for my own college and everything and Cool mom isn't always so cool at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Oh. Just something to think on. I don't. I've always wanted to be the cool mom. Is that some sort of thing they do in, like, the Northeast? Are you from up in Pennsylvania, maybe, and you were trying out, like, the parenting technique, some sort of Philadelphia experiment or something? Oh, no. We got wine moms all over the country. Mm. No. I'm born and bred. Born and bred in Groversville. You were born in bread? <laughs> Expand on that. Yes. That was not a slip-up. I don't think you actually said born inbred. <laughs> oh, uh, in... You're going to have to rewind that. Inbred. Rewind that and listen again. <laughs> I'd like For those of you playing keeper. along at home... <laughs> is, uh, is, is Mr. Allen home? Is, is there a Mr. Allen here? No, he's, he's just at work. Where does he work? Town Hall. He's one of the, the aldermen running the town. Just so busy. Work, work, work. What is his name? Work, work, work. Alan. 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 His last name is, in fact, Alan. Uh, it's Bradley Allen. Maybe we ought to go talk to him. Maybe he uh, cares. Have you seen him it's recently, or has he been gone for an extended period of time at this point? He's been working. For how long? Been working real hard. God. I don't, I don't know. Years. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Do you mind if we come in and uh, look around? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you seem you seem pretty chill. All right, let's uh let's go ahead. Can you show us to Jane's room? Sure. Maybe she has like some letters that she's written from her. Sure. She is going to walk you all upstairs. Harlan wants to be clocking pictures as we go. Can I get a sense of which yeah, one like to Jane clock looks everything. like? Jane is a late teenage year girl, minor amount of acne. Very pale, one of those people with almost like uniformly colored skin tone, just like kind of this off-white, eggshellish almost color. Oddly, in all the photos, she has almost identically the same smile. She's one of those people that whenever they smile, it's exact same look every single photo. I have the exact same photo in, in all of my pictures. I, I look like Zach. Fucking woof, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, Zach, same. What? I liked it every time. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Uh, so Cindy sees a picture where Nancy Allen is looking particularly good in a family photo, and she's like, "Wow, you're really uh, you're dressed to kill in this one." Th- th- thank you. Mm. It means a lot. Once we get to her room, I, I sometimes it works. <laughs> <laughs> Ever done it? Yeah. <laughs> really, you really dressed to kill. It's, it's funny you say that because I killed someone. I killed while my daughter this. in this dress. Yeah, <laughs> hair's all blown out. Yeah. Is anything missing from her room? Any clothes or nope. you know nothing? Yeah, let's do a quick uh, search. One more question about her: Does she look like she's been taking care of herself? Mm. 
Or has she been wearing these clothes for like three weeks? Uh, Take care of herself. Okay. House is in pristine condition, cleaned, smells fresh. Jane Allen's room, bed made, window open. It's not sunny anymore because it's later in the day, but, you know, looks like a freshly clean kid's room. Do you think she might have went out the window? (laughs) (laughs) That was my first thought. Exactly. I think she might have said goodbye to her mother and then just left. But did she leave out the window? (laughs) You want to give me those search rolls? Yeah. I got a 33. Oh, I also succeed. I succeed also. Critical success. With your successes, you see a largely standard kid's room. There's nothing really out of place as far as clothes or anything else goes. Uh, Her desk is there. It's September. She just started her senior year of high school. So you see kind of her freshly purchased books uh, and other material. But she's been gone for three weeks, basically since like the start of the semester. But with that critical success, you find a business card on that desk on top of the books. And that business card says, Scott Adams, watch the skies, exclamation point. And it has an email address. And the email address is watchtheskies at AOL.com. What the hell does this mean?